Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to be talking about a big finish story from the Eighth Doctor, and this one is called Terra Firma, which also has got Daleks and Davros, Charlie Pollard and Kerry's, which is the first time we, we spoke about Kerry's, isn't it? Yeah. We don't know much about this particular character, so we'll, um, we'll come into that a bit later on. Now, usually at this point, I would say, let's do the news, but... Well, there isn't any really, is there? Again, it's all gone very, very quiet. No big announcements. It's all sort of died down again, isn't it? No, well, I suppose we're everything to do with the last uh, Jodie Whittaker one is 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 a way to is done, and we're just waiting for the announcement of what date that's coming out, and everything else <coughs> is years away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, away. exactly. I was, I mean, so we're assuming. I think people are still thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to get, um, there's still time to do a Christmas special, which is true, there is, um, yeah. but we don't know that for a fact. All we know that is they are, they are filming currently for the 60th anniversary, whatever that entails, whether it's just one big, um, or you know, three or four stories with David Tennant, or we're getting multi-doctors doing independent stories of each, you know, stories of each other. Uh, we really don't know at this stage. There's, as we no. say, there's still a long way to go, isn't there? Um, but really, I suppose it's just sort of rumour control uh, that we're sort of delving into at the moment. I suppose this is almost like a, a return to Omega's Tittle Tattle Corner, really, isn't it? It is. It is. Okay, let's let's play the jingle then. Here, Doctor, everything is possible. Thank you, Omega. Right, okay, so... I think the, the ones that everyone's seen on set, um, or the set photos, I should say, that have been doing the rounds on social media, is that Neil Patrick Harris um, has been spied on set. And everyone is sort of making the assumption, maybe, I mean, maybe quite correctly, no, seeing a shop front um, that's set up as part of the set. Are these going to be going to be the toy maker as it was then known back in the 1960s, the celestial toy maker. Um, they dropped the celestial bit now. So, um, what do you think to that? Because there's been photographs of him um, in a top hat and tails, and always, and there's been a little clip of him dancing with um, with David Tennant. So, I, I, yeah, who, who knows what this is? But what, what do you reckon to that, Paul? That's a bit of a um, a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a callback to a, a long forgotten villain. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. I don't makes a change. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Really? I mean, because um, wasn't the special toy maker? Meant to have returned in that missing season for Colin Baker, or was it? Or was it Sylvester McCoy's missing season that never happened? Well, I don't know. If you're more up to date on the whatnot, yeah, it, it was one or the other. One of the there was going to be a return of, of the Toy Maker, uh, but I'm not entirely sure which. I've got a funny feeling it was Colin Baker. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if any if any you you listen out there will know any know any better than I, please, please write in and, and correct me. Um, yeah, so that, that's quite a, 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 a deep cut, really, I think. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, Neil Patrick Harris has worked with RTD before because he was recently in um, It's a Sin um, on Channel 4. Um, and again, he's sort of quite a sort of quite a well-known name as well. So, you know, you know why why not? I don't know if anyone's been... I think people are actually getting quite excited about it. I don't know if there's been any... Um, any sort of naysayers about this? Look, I've seen on my on my feeds anyway. No, yeah. So I think it should be uh, should be good. But again, we're just we're just making assumptions. Yeah, yes. We don't know for a fact that it's the celestial toy maker, but you know, chances are it is. Actually, it's looking it's looking very much uh, very much that way at the moment. But there hasn't been any sort of too many more uh, set photos out at the moment. But 
Um, we were just discussing this before we started recording. I had to quickly fill in Paul about this particular character. Now, I think since we've been off air, or certainly since... Well, maybe we just didn't discuss it last time. So I can't remember the last time I saw these set photos sort of pop up on social media. Uh, but as I mentioned, sort of like the Cecil Tourmaker was a bit of a deep cut. Well, well, this one is a deep cut because Beep the Meep, um, which is a character from the Doctor Who Marvel comics uh, from the 1970s. It first appeared in a strip called The Star Beast, uh, which Big Finish have actually done as a story, um, along with Iron Legion, which we've both got them. Haven't we? We, never, we haven't actually sort of covered them yet, have we? No. So maybe once it's confirmed, if it is going to be beat the meat, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll cover the Star Beast, um, the Star Beast audio story. But um, yeah, so it's not only that. The balls have been spotted on set. Is the Wrath, which is these sort of insect police that were sort of chasing beat the meat in the comics. So, oh, wow. What, what do you reckon to this Paul? Sort of delving into the Marvel comics of the seventies now. If that's yeah, the case, why not? Yeah. Why? You yeah. Know, why not? It's... Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it shouldn't really be any reason why you can't. So, no, I mean, I mean, RTD's said since he was announced, sort of, you know, having sort of like, you know, um, almost like a, a, a Doctor multiverse, like you've got with Marvel uh, now as well. And I'm always ambition. They're trying to do sort of like the, the sort of multiverse on a, um, on a on a BBC budget. Um, it's quite something. But obviously, we've seen Marvel, you know, you know, the Marvel superheroes brought to life. Over the last how many years is it now? Yeah, more than you think. <laughs> more, it is more than you think. Exactly, exactly. Um, but that just gets me thinking: well, why not? Why not delve into the Marvel comics? Um, I mean, Beat the Meep is quite a, an obscure thing. And of course, if you didn't read the comics of the seventies, and I didn't read many of them, um, if I'm honest. Um, by the sense of our conversation, Paul, you didn't read any at all. No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, so I do vaguely remember Beep the Meep um, as a very... It looks sort of very cute and big doe-eyed um, things. And actually, sort of it's created by um, Pat Mills and John Wagner, um, who also sort of created Judge Dredd, actually, for 2000 AD. And I think it was also um, inked or drawn by Steve Dillon back in the day. This won't mean anything to you, Paul, but he also did... Uh, you might know Absom Dark, Dalek Killer. Are you familiar with that right. one from the Marvel comics? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was uh, um, that was another Steve Dillon um, drawn character, but um, yeah, so there has been set photos of Beat the Meep, um, but then also standing tall as well, which you never know, I don't recall him ever doing in the uh, um, in the comic book, unless that was just the actor stretching his legs. <laughs> Who knows what was yeah. uh, what was happening there? But uh, no, that's certainly interesting. It's certainly interesting. Now, it's either that's going to be you know a, a villain in there or. It's an elaborate hoax just to throw people off the scent. Now, if, if that's the case, it's, it's a pretty expensive hoax to sort of create a costume or costumes. Yeah. Just to sort of, you know, throw people a bit, maybe, maybe a red herring. Who knows? But I can't see them having money to do that, can you? No, but I suppose, yeah. It will, yeah I mean, at this moment, we just don't really know what, how it, what connects with what either, do we? So No, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, I, I think it's great. You know, it's just a shame, really, that they can't sort of uh, sort of use any sort of big Finnish characters, really, sort of bring them to life. I suppose that brings its own its own licensing issues. But I know, I don't know how it works out because because obviously, big Finnish have to get the Doctor Who license from the BBC, and obviously can't use certain 
um, sort of certain characters and, and, and sort of like recent doctors, I think, can they, until they get the, the you know, the, the say-so, as, as I understand it. But I don't know if the BBC can use any of Big Finish's own characters. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I suspect if there wasn't anything written down, they, then they had to go to them and ask them Big Finish from a licensing point of view. I'm mm. sure there'd be a lot of you scratch my back <laughs> scratch yeah, cars yeah. going on anyway. I wouldn't think Big Finish would present too many hurdles in terms of wanting to upset people. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so because obviously, you know, the, doc- the Doctor Who brand or license, I should say, is it's their it's their main range, isn't it? Really, no, they, they've yeah. splintered off to do their own things. As I said, they do their own characters now and, and sort of delving into the um, the new adventures characters yeah. um, from the Virgin novels. But um, yeah, I, I reckon you're right. I think there's a bit of you scratch my back, I scratch yours because obviously, you know. Um, as I said, big finish of, of covered Star Beast. Um, now I'm not entirely sure what the license would be with that because obviously that was done with Marvel. I don't know if they those rights have been relinqu- relinquished by Marvel back to the BBC now, or the BBC have to go to Marvel. I've got no idea. It's, it's like the whole thing with um, the Doctor Who the movie. They can't use Grace um, Grace Holloway at all because she's uh, belongs to what was it, 20th Century Fox or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. Which is yeah, which is now actually Disney <laughs> and Marvel. Yeah, oh god, yeah. It, that must be a right minefield. Blimey. Yeah, that really must be a minefield. But uh, no, it's interesting. Is it? It's certainly interesting. Obviously, there's been no other. Um, I haven't seen any other um, sort of photos taken since that. That 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 sort of couple of days, or you know, it, it popped up on, on my Twitter feed. But it's interesting. I, I like. I, I do like this. You know, and. Doing something a bit different. I mean, beat the meep is a bit different. It could very easily be, how can I put it, sort of hated like the Pating was. Yeah, it's it's got that kind of vibe to it. If you if you if you if you see what I mean. Yeah. So I I really don't know what the uh, what what fandom would, would make of this. Actually, obviously, people like myself who know beat the meep is are, are sort of like you know think oh great you know this is a this is something different. Well, other people would would, would think oh this looks ridiculous. A little yeah. fur, I, little furry thing. RTD's definitely not the second coming. You know, already you can you can hear you can hear those conversations being had, can't you? It would be interesting to see how much leeway is given because it's something throwing back to to people's childhood rather than um, as it is just something new now. Yeah, because. Uh, again, you got you got this because to a certain extent, the the loudest seems to be the loudest critics are um, people of our age. I was going to say, are, I was about to say <laughs> our generation, Paul. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that seem to be the biggest critics of of, of who is it's made now. Mm. So whether actually something that comes from their childhood get gets a free pass, so to speak, I don't know. No, no. I, I, I think that that's the, I think that that's the risk this runs actually, because obviously RTD is of our age, isn't he? He's, he's from our generation, yeah. so you know, uh, it, it's that kind of character is going to mean something to, to him and to people like us. Uh, but as you say, the new fans are going to be, oh, this is ridiculous. This is delving into the past again. We want something new. And but the thing is, though, this happens a lot in any sort of 
whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars or or you know anything like that, you get it's people are very very fickle when it comes to having new characters because they'll say, oh, you know, it's like the Daleks. Oh, don't keep relying on the Daleks. Uh, we we're bored to death of the Daleks. Let's have some new characters. We want new characters, so we they give them new characters. These new characters are rubbish. Uh, we want the old characters back. They were better. And and round and round it goes. It's the same in anything, really. Whatever it, whether it's Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel. No, it, it you know doesn't matter. Um, it's not. Even, it's always it's not very even fans, fans are very really fickle to that. I think. I think there's a tendency to anything that's not your generation. Oh is, yeah, that, or, or that's replacing stuff of your generation. Is why are they doing this? They're just pandering to. <laughs> to, the trouble is, to, though, Paul, it's, to young people. It, but the trouble is that it's the same people who say, "I don't want the uh, legacy characters; I want new characters." So they, they and it, then they also complain about the new characters and want the old characters again. It's you know, as I say, there's people are very, I mean, very I mean, fickle. I mean, I was thinking more in terms of there's been a lot of outcry about Radio Two presenters. Oh in the yes, last uh, week in this country. Yes, be- because because it seems to be that the Radio 2 presenters are being replaced by people coming from Radio 1 as Radio 1 gets younger audiences and younger people in again. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, but the Radio 2 audiences, the Radio 2 presenters that you're moaning about moving were not the Radio 2 presenters when you was young. No, they were in Radio 1. Yeah. Steve Wright, although so, as we're talking about Steve Wright, he was a Radio yeah. 1 presenter who's been doing, what, 24 years been doing this slot? Um, I mean, basically, for the last, for the first, for the, about Obviously, when we was when we was young, we can remember that, <laughs> that far. The people on Radio One, if they're not in prison, um, <laughs> moved to, moved to Radio Two about twenty years ago. Yeah, and have been there for twenty years. Yeah, well, this is the thing. This Radio and, Two and I, is where Radio One presenters go to die. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they go to retire, and unfortunately, some of them are now being retired from there. Yeah, um, yeah. Because because the the next load of Radio One presenters that have been on Radio One for twenty years are now old hat and are moving to Radio Two. Yeah. So it's just that cycle being repeated. But obviously, it's change. It's change. <laughs> we don't like change. Anyway, right. I, I just expect because honestly, I mean, Steve Wright. Um, he's not my favourite DJ by any stretch of imagination. But he must be doing something right all these years because you know he's been there for hmm. twenty four years. But. Um, he says he's got, you know, it's up until, he's doing it up until September. And I know that, you know, he's got other plans, and you know. For, so I, I just imagine after he's left the BBC Radio 2, uh, he joins his new radio station and his first words would be a big hello to all you truckers out there. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get some graveyard slot now, isn't he? But, oh dear. Um, well, no, he anyway, probably no. won't. It'd, it'd, probably, it'd probably be prime time, but just on, I don't know, Melody FM or whatever. <laughs> It is Radio good. Quiet, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, he's, he's not going to get the Horlick slot, is he? <laughs> oh, you know, anyway, but, 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 yes, but anyway. You know, there, there would be people. There would be people that are still upset that he replaced Charlie Chester. <laughs> I'm upset that. He... <laughs> I'm just annoyed exactly. that. Exactly, because round about now in the 1970s, I should be listening to sing something simple. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh dear. Anyway, anyway, this isn't the, the Radio Two <laughs> Nostalgia uh, podcast. This is uh, a Doc Two podcast. So yeah, so we we just thought we'd sort of go through some of the rumours that we we've been um, sort of you know, slightly aware of. I, I, I tend not to look at it too much, if I'm honest. A lot of people are sort of posting daily set reports, uh, which I try. Right. I do try to avoid if I can. If I'm honest, I mean, I mean to be honest, as far as my Twitter feed goes, unless they're actually coming in on a transfer fee, I'm probably not. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the latest cricket scores, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or what, or, or what Graham replace... Garden's up to lately? <laughs> if, they, if they can replace Zach Crawley at the top of the innings, then. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's. So I think that sort of wraps up sort of the tittle tattle for this particular um, this particular episode. Um, I, I dare say there's more out there. We just haven't been keeping our fingers on the pulse. I think we like yeah. to be um, sort of p- pleasantly surprised as much as the next person. Yes, really. So yeah, yeah. So it, it was worth discussing anyway because it, it's been everywhere, especially the Neil uh, the uh, Neil Patrick Harris um, stuff anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, beat the meat. That's uh, if if they do pull this off, I'm, I'm rather looking forward to it. If I'm honest, <laughs> righto, folks. So uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about Terra Firma from Big Finish. So for another well, another week. I was going to say the news, but for another week, then that was the tittle tattle. Right, everybody, it's time to talk big finish. And as we said earlier on, we're going to talk about terra firma. So before we begin, let's have a little listen to a clip. They are coming. You always knew they would. And that is important. Important. Being, being you, knowing what you are and being. Well, yes. Wouldn't you agree? But who are you? Are you really? You destroyed my world. I have created a new one. I was completely alone, Doctor. Alone because of you. Perhaps, Doctor, it is not your destiny you should fear. Perhaps it is your past. I remember! We need the Daleks. We need one universe, one mind, a single pure Dalek mind. We do not need you, and yet like you, we must cower here in the darkness. We must cower and await our final destiny! And as usual with our reviews, there will be spoilers because this was originally released in August 2005 and written by Joseph Lidster. So if you haven't listened to this before, switch off now, go listen to it and come back when you're ready. Good, we got that out of the way. So, Paul, it's your turn to kick it off this time. So what did you think? Um, seeing as I, I suggested this... <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm not sure really how much I like this this story, to be honest. Okay, okay. Why's that? Um, it may be because basically for the the length of time since I suggested we do it till 
almost I've had COVID, so perhaps I haven't been in the the greatest way of being able to concentrate. I just found it. It's jumped too much for me. I'm not quite sure I I like the episodes that are all over the place, like this one was, with different characters and different times and whatever. Yeah, I, I, I take your meaning because obviously this follows on from obviously a, a, an Eighth Doctor story arc, which we haven't listened to from this Divergent Universe thing. We we, we got no idea who uh, Kerry's is either. So that's a uh, for us. That's no. a new. That's a new. Uh, but, a but, new but companion, think, isn't but, it? But I think that's the only um, new bit from Big Finish. Mm. I mean, it mainly starts. It mainly basically follows on from Remembrance of the Daleks, doesn't it? It does, indeed. Um, but not only that, it's also got a missing part of the Doctor's life that he doesn't remember either. With travel yeah, with, with Samson yeah. and Gemma as well. So. I, I I fully understand what you're saying, where it does jump around a bit because we, and obviously it's the same for the Doctor as well in this particular story. But, um, and I'm really not sure whether I actually like. I don't. I think I don't really like that plot point. The whole uh, Davros was on the TARDIS and connected the TARDIS to the yeah, companion, and then yeah, the, it just seems to me. Just too. I mean, it is just too convoluted a, a plot. I think for me. Yeah, I think that now, it's just, now you know. It's yeah, the, it's the it's the whole Davros being taking um, so long to to get to a point of killing the Doctor, and it's just like why? Why just? I know. I know the suggestion is well, more than the suggestion is that he's uh, gone a bit mad in isolation. Mm. But. Yeah, it just seemed to be a bit too long-winded uh, a way to get to the point of killing the doctor. Uh, killing the doctor, you just well, wait all that time to do it. Well, it's to be a, in a position it's... where you've, you've got him unconscious enough to wipe his mind, but then decide no, let, let's wait a few years more and punish him. I don't know. It just seemed. Well, it's just another in those long line of master villain plans that make absolutely no sense when you've got yeah, the gun in your hand yeah. to kill your your arch enemy. But yeah. no, I'll just drag it out, you know, explain my plot, and give the the hero enough time to figure it out and and and, and foil my plans. You know, it's another yeah. long, a very long line of that that type of storytelling. Um, yeah, I, I I I enjoyed the main bulk of it. I like the the thing about uh, you know Davros taking over the earth and 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 I think when I say that, um, I think again it's it's a, it's a a victim of nostalgia, this one, and continuity. Yeah. Because, yeah. as you said, it's a, it's a, a almost like a direct follow-on from Remembrance of the Daleks, because uh, this basically, where we find Davros, it's the bit at the end where the Doctor blows up Scarrow with a hand of Omega, and Davros escapes the Dalek ship at the end of that, that episode, and the explosion goes off, and it sends him into the time vortex, and that's where he's been trapped and been waiting for yeah. someone to, to come along. So that's that's that bit. But then it also references Genesis of the Daleks, yeah, with, with the um, with the, the little speech to him and the Fourth Doctor about if you know if he had this little this virus that he could release that would kill, kill everything, would he do it? And well, yes, he does. We find that Davros does do it. And he kills, yeah. you know, he, he released this virus that turns all of, you know, um, humankind on Earth into, or, or most of them, into Daleks. Yeah. So, um, 
I, I, I liked it, but again, it, it's that whole continuity thing. I think that's what it kind of gets bogged down in a little bit. And then you then you throw in, it's coming off the back of a story arc in, within Big Finish's world of Doctor Who, which we haven't listened to. And then you get this other thing with the companions that even the Doctor doesn't know he's had. Yeah. You know, so it, I, I do agree it's very complicated. I didn't, not to say I didn't enjoy it in, in parts, I would say. No, I mean, I mean, the bits between just the Doctor and Davros, I enjoyed. Yeah. Even though, obviously, the multiple personality bits did sort of get to the point where I thought he was going to call the, vi- the virus his precious at one stage. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit like that actually. It did when they started. He almost started arguing with himself as the emperor. And now that—that's the one thing that I must have. I only got a chance to listen to this once, and it was the one bit I wasn't entirely clear on. Maybe, maybe you, maybe you sort of can explain it to me, Paul, as you often do in, in these things. But um, I was trying to figure out why Davros was turning into the, the Emperor Dalek was it just because he was going slowly mad or it yes. was or was it I, th- I think he'd I think he'd already split into several personalities of which Davros was one was one yeah because there's at one point when they're actually asking the doctor to help them find he's actually asking the doctor to help him find Davros in parts of the conversation which was odd yeah this is what I couldn't quite Davros figure out because it was have... in Davros's voice at that point as yeah. well yeah Davros is... I mean, we are very much explaining the plot here. We are. Davros has made a clone of his younger self before... Before the accident. Which he's going to implant. Yeah. Which seems to be the Emperor side of him doesn't want him to do. Yeah. And... Yeah. So it was, it was just slightly... And all that on top of why he'd gone to all this trouble in the first place rather than just kill the Doctor... To pu- almost punish the doctor. I mean, I suppose it. Suppose it was he was he was he was destroying Earth. He wanted the doctor to see Earth destroyed in the same way as the doctor had destroyed Scaro. But yeah, yeah, it just yeah, it was just too. Because yeah, it, it was too much, wasn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah, I can. Yeah, the thing I'll think with Davros wanting the doctor to see Earth in that state because he said you know it wasn't really Gallifrey that was his home. It was more Earth. So that's yeah. why he chose that planet to um, to turn into Daleks. But it's a very long game to play, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. And, yeah, I'm not... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just... that. Okay, fair enough, but I think that the one for... The bit for me... And it's nothing against the, the actors that were playing the parts, but they played them very, very well. I think the whole Samson Gemma thing was just one plot point too far for me. Yeah, yeah. Which which was basically in there to make it major convolute. I just I just I just don't know necessarily that it needed it that much because all it bought was the fact that Davros would know what the Doctor was doing. Hmm. Exactly. And yeah. I don't think it needed it. It just needed a way <clears throat> for him. They could have found any other way for him to to lure him to Earth at that point. Yeah, they could have used anything really, couldn't they? Yeah. Um, well, I suppose this was anything, but it is it, it, a very yeah, convoluted it, it anything. Just, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was just too much. I mean, it's, there's not even really the conversations of how he was mind controlling the sister, or how she'd been 
basically turned to his side, or how they both had. I mean, I can understand sort of the implants bit into well, the brother. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, just... I'm, I'm, I must admit, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out. I know this has been particularly anal. This, this, what I'm about to say here, but the Davros, uh, the, the fact that Davros could sort of converted Sanson and Gemma to do his bidding. How did he do yeah. that? He's, yeah. he's he's locked inside the Dalek Emperor casing. He had no Daleks to help him or no one else to help him. He was on his own. Yeah. To a certain yeah, degree. I've got, but I, yeah, I know I've, I know yeah, I know he just, got rescued by that that other ship, but they were all dead by the time Sansa and Gemma got there. So so how did Davros achieve that? I know. And but and how did he achieve I mean I can't remember if it even told you how he achieved killing all the everyone else on the ship apart from No. Him. No, exactly. Unless that was done with another virus, on how he was then running the ship. Well, it just seemed it, it was done such surviving. a such a, a, a throwaway matter of fact yeah. time. It's sort of like, well, um, I, 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 you know, it's like the couldn't think of a way to actually explain it properly, so we'll just brush over it. Yeah, and that's how, that's how it came across to me. Maybe if I listen to it again, I might have a different opinion. So obviously, this is just on a, on a single a single listen. I mean, like I say, I mean, I haven't been massively well watching, but yeah, no, it was just nothing in this. And other than other than I did quite like, as I say, I did quite like the the Doctor and Davros as a as a, as a, when there was just them two talking. Yeah. The rest of it, I just sort of seemed to be jumping around. I mean, what been the whole thing about the fact they was partying? The last humans were partying, which sort of explains itself, but is is such a a long scene. In that, it just yeah, didn't necessarily need to be. Yeah, you just sort again. of you sort of think of all the way through this. You've got uh, the character Harriet Griffin just being you know pissed all the time, really. And you think it's just a sort of jokey character, and you find that she's actually the sort of leader of, of the of the English resistance or the British resistance. Um, yeah. I mean, she did. I mean, to be honest, um, that character did get some good lines, especially when they're sort of she's sort of rallying the troops to so actually sort of okay, tonight's the night we take the offensive and. And all that, and she says to Charlie to get some some tin foil, and just to cover yeah. just to cover the volivons over, yeah. <laughs> which I did, I did like that. It did make me chuckle. Just, yeah, yeah, because you are thinking like, oh, these are so these are delusional people are now going to make tin foil hats. Back. Yeah, <laughs> no, just to cover the volivons. <laughs> so that's it for when we get back. <laughs> no, that did make me chuckle that bit, but. Um, but again, it, it didn't sort of. Um, and you find the French resistance was actually the Daleks, and it. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then you what the Daleks again, again you, sort of become, you know, t- more than a, a nod back to remembrance, isn't it? Really, with the two Dalek factions, because even yeah. sort of the Davros himself says, you know, it was a new race of Daleks, completely free of Imperials and Renegades, and, and so and why it, are they still? I mean. They seem to have turned on him because he was gonna. He wanted to b- become a clone, and they wasn't gonna have an emperor anymore. Which, but, but but then in in the French resistance camp, and and again, this didn't make any sense to me either. They they all selected um, Kerry's, um, who we don't know anything about anyway because we haven't listened to him before as their as their new Dalek emperor. Yeah. Now, sure, that goes against everything that Daleks stand for. Yeah. Although I suppose these Daleks. Oh are... God, Pom, sound like the worst Doctor Who fan here. Oh, but it's canon. I know. 
but yeah, I mean, but I mean, I suppose you'd say that they are they are created from humans. So, but then they've then picked the only human on the exactly. Either way you look at it, it doesn't make any sense. Sense, no, no, oh. and 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 to why they need to do a, a deal with the Doctor to get to Davros in the first place because they basically get there without the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not really. I, I think it's. I mean, I like Paul McGann as the Doctor. I really do, and I've enjoyed all of the stories we've 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 covered so far. We've we've so we've only scratched the surface. Probably count one hand, really, the amount of H Doctor stories we we've covered on this podcast. Yeah, but um, I just think he he didn't do a lot in this particular story. He just seemed to no. re re sort of um, how can I put it? It was almost like Fifth Doctor, like ineffectual. He just gets caught yeah. up in the story in this one and doesn't really do a lot. He just gets he gets involved in situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The conversation's nice, but it doesn't actually that I've talked about. But it doesn't actually take really <clears throat> go anywhere other than explain, help to try and explain bits of the plot to people that haven't seen the previous stories that it talks about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you haven't seen. I mean, that just covers the fact that if you haven't seen Genesis or Remembrance, that what's going on? Yeah, and um, again, I think that's that's whole of the um, sort of the, the pitfalls of referencing other stories and establishing canon and all that kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with having canonicity within your own stories, especially on something as yeah. long running as, as Doctor Who or whoever. But there is this trap that writers can fall into it's just getting caught up in it too much and assuming that your yeah. readers or listeners or, or viewers know about the, the, the story you're referencing and sometimes yeah. or, they're, they're successful in in making you sort of like do a quick catch-up so you, you know what's yeah. going on but sometimes it doesn't quite work and I think in this one there was so much going on because um, it didn't reference that whole thing but it just said oh yeah when I, when I blew up Scaro what story yeah. was that then yeah. You know, um, and, and you know, and, and the whole thing with the virus again. You you had yeah. to have watched Genesis to understand it because it didn't actually, it didn't really reference that particular story. Yeah, I mean, he just said, "Oh, you once asked me, would I?" And I have. Yeah, <laughs> that was it, really. I, so yeah. I know it's that thing. If you, I know we, we said this sort of thing before. If you know, you know, it's fine. You, if you're, but if you're, yeah. a, you know, if you're, a, and, and that kind of thing's difficult to get across an audio. I feel because at least with television they can do like a quick little flashback back yeah can't they uh which you cannot do and obviously big finish can't do that because they can't use any audio from the tv series right and and to be honest there's not i mean the best when you're basically referencing a character or something from a previous episode if you you don't want it to be the either it should be able to the character should either be able to stand on its own and we're probably Having had our conversation earlier, we may see what that happens with the toy maker next year. Yeah, yeah. As to whether how much that has to be referenced back, or how much it just is, mm. so to speak. Um, but no, yeah, this just and it just it just wasn't a very just didn't feel a very satisfying story to me. And the conclusion is very so okay. So it's just all right as long as the Daleks can all live. And go away and kill somebody else, just as long as it's not the remains of the inhabitants of Earth. Which is also now, if I got this right, it's also now covered in like a metal sort of sphere. 
or something. Yeah, there's some something, barriers. Or yeah, whatever. some barrier around the planet. Yeah, yeah, different areas. So yeah, it does seem to be sort of like okay, well that, that's it then. Doctor's off. Um, there was no sort of resolution how how humanity's going to sort of well get over their yeah. ravaged planet basically. No, how's it going to go back to how it was before? So maybe yeah. that's another story. I don't know. And 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 the, and the billions that have died have been turned millions into Daleks. Billions. I know. Like, yeah. I mean, base basically, yeah. The, the there's, a, there's a whole new Dalek fleet out there now. Hmm. But again, it just to me, it's you know, it, it. I don't know if it was trying to sort of reset the whole uh, remembrance of the Daleks in with with the, with the two factions. But all it's done is introduce another faction, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So is that now three Dalek factions out there? Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, and these. I can't remember how it was left at the end of Remnants of the Daleks. Now, I know they brought up Scaro, but but you know that was it. Oh God! Knows. Yeah, unless unless yeah, only the the ones on Earth died, didn't they? Yeah. So if there's elsewhere, and the, and the mothership was destroyed, wasn't it? Which Davros was on. But yeah. That's one mothership. Yeah. So there has, to, there has to be others out there. I mean, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Sort of, this is the total end of all the Daleks. Now they're always they're always lurking out in the universe somewhere, aren't they? Yeah. But oh uh, yeah, it, that's that's what I mean. It, it, I don't know. Um, I mean, there were some good performances. I know we we sort of sort of deconstructed the the story t- to a certain degree, but I thought Terry Malloy was very good playing the you know the the, the dual roles and flipping between the Emperor and, and yes. Davros um, as well. Uh, I, I did think the whole plot with him being transferred into a clone was resolved far too quickly without without anything happening. I think well, that might have been interesting to see what would have happened if he had gone into his human body. Yeah, where, where that would and have taken fault, yeah yeah taken the character. I mean, the whole thing about actually, if he'd been given back his as such his humanity, his you know. Would he could he have become a different person, or mm. would he have just been freer to carry on where he left off? Yeah, yeah. I've got a feeling it would have been the former. Yes, definitely. But it, it would because actually I, I they think never that would have made a more well, interesting been, story. That would, have, that would have been more of the interesting bit to explore in this story, actually. Yeah, but it it gets some, but not as much as. I think By that would have been that would have through all the virus yeah. stuff between him and the doctor. Yeah, there's not actually that much time left for them to talk about the um, whether this is something, whether he deserves another chance, whether you'd make an, you know, he'd take another chance and do something different, or he'd do the same. Mm. Yeah, I think that 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 would have been a lot more interesting a, a plot really than yet yet again the. Earth's been taken over, and yeah. you know, yeah, I'd, and I'd more Daleks. And... Listening to an hour and a half of just that discussion between Davros and the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, I would have, I would have. Yeah, yeah, it's um, but no, I said, I said, Terry was good. I think Paul McGann was good with what he was given to do. Um, yeah, I say it's, it's not my, it's not my favourite Eighth Doctor story by, by a long shot. Um, but he's always good in it, Paul McGann. That's why that's it's, it's like Colin Baker. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, even on the on the telly, we call him Baker. His stories were not that great, but he was he always gave it his all. He gave it his best all the time. Yeah. I felt, and and I've always felt the same with Paul McGann um, as the Doctor. So yeah, I mean, I always enjoy his performance. I think India Fisher's always good as Charlie Pollard. 
Yeah, I think it's a it's a great character. Uh, I think. What about sort of? I didn't realize it was Lee Ingleby. I don't know if you're familiar with Lee Ingleby as, as Samson. He's he's sort of done loads of things on on till he was in. Um, did you watch George Gently? Martin no. Shaw. Did you see that? Well, he was in that. No. He was he was George Gently's sort of sergeant. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he, no, he's no, been no, loads of other things in the A word as well um, with with Christopher Eccleston oh. as well, Lee Ingleby. But um, no, I thought he was really good in it as well. Uh, I think it, it was quite enjoyable, even though I, I just thought like the character wasn't really uh, wasn't really required. <laughs> really, it was, no. it was it was just a plot point and character too far, really. But he he was good in it. Um, now the one thing, and also I think sort of Lizzie Hopley as Gemma. Again, wasn't really given a lot to do. She sort of flipped from being sort of like a Dalek agent back to not being like a hard-nosed resistance fighter, really. I don't think she was given a, a great deal to do. No. In it, to be fair. Um, I did like Julia Deakin as Harriet Griffin. I thought she had some great lines. Yeah. Especially, especially the, the, you know, the, the, the Volavons, which I thought was fantastic. I mean, yeah, the difference between the switch between being the drunken, per- drunken party holder to yeah. effectively the head of resistance was good mm. and she did that yeah. transformation yeah, no. well yeah the whole drunken party thing was just a well it's just a cover really wasn't it yeah which no i no, i did enjoy her performance i thought it was really good um but then but then one other thing we haven't talked about much is kerry's played by yeah. um conrad westmars um i'll pronounce because he's got a double a at the end of his nose i think it's westmars um yeah, I'm not entirely sure because obviously this is the first time we've listened to this character, so I don't really know much about that character's background. The history to him, no. Yeah, uh, I'm right in the sun, sort of assuming he's a, like a reptilian humanoid alien. Yes, I think so. <laughs> from, yeah, from this. I mean, like I say, mine only is, is is this. So I'm not trying to be too critical of that because I don't know enough about the character to know where that's where a where he's come from and it does it, it that actually is the only thing that's intrigued me now is to actually see to to find out more about that character yeah i sort of come away from this more interested in in his backstory and by the suggestion of what his forward story might be um than i was by the the whole of this story <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! No, it's yeah. I really don't know what to make of that character yet because obviously, well, he's only got some pairing because he managed to sort of tear apart a Dalek with his bare hands at one yeah. point in this this story. So obviously, he's he's sort of something to be sort of feared. I'm assuming, but I wasn't getting that through the, through the characterisation. No, he didn't say he didn't sound alien. Okay, not everyone has to sound like I know with a you know with a with a gruff voice or anything like that then you know, they can just lisp. sound you know a, bre- a breath a breathy lisp yeah exactly I mean, okay well that might have strayed too far into ice warrior territory there maybe. <laughs> but yeah no, but, um but it, it's just I, I don't know I, I just didn't get a feel for the character at all and I, as i understand i think it's quite a popular uh a popular character with 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 sort of big yeah. finished listeners um so maybe we might have to sort of delve back into keris's past a little bit that that is yeah that that that's that's what I've come out of this. I mean, it's not that actually I didn't like the character. It's actually yeah, I've, I've actually come out of it thinking actually that's an interest. It seems an interesting character that I need to get into. 
Yeah. And especially as he's got this side... What well, Again, I'm assuming he seems to think he's saving people is killing them. Yes. Which is interesting. An interesting morality for that for that character yeah. to have. But not only that, which he talks... Which we don't know is... Which no. Obviously, we the backstory, we don't know whether that's a part of his species. No. Or he's just a bit warped in that way. Yeah, yeah, because he, he talks to the people he's killed. Killed, yes. In his mind, or people or say people that he thinks he's saved. And yeah. they're also one of those voices is a Dalek. Yeah. And that's how this story sort of ends, really. So, very sorry, folks. If you didn't listen to this story, we really have ruined it for you. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm... Okay, it's, it's an interesting sort of character trait, and I... I, I I'd like to think that they do carry that on in future mm. stories. I'm assuming they must do. Yeah, I it's mean, too... like I say, I mean, the main main thing that's come out of this story for me is the fact that I now want to know the other we'll stories involved about... in yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I'm quite happy to park this story and not think about it again. Yeah, so time. yeah, I, I'm I'm of the similar. I say there were bits to enjoy, in it, or you know, or, or parts to enjoy, um, but I think as a whole. It didn't really hang together for me. There were just too many. No, no okay. Put, let me put it this way: a lot of stories can have, can have a lot of plot points running through it. Um, but I just think, in this case, one of them was superfluous, really. Yeah, it just made it overly complicated. Yeah, yeah. That's that. I think that's how I'd, I'd, I'd sort of, uh, re, you know, recommend it. I'd, I'd say to people, well, yeah, go ahead and listen to it. Make your own minds up. You know, don't just take our word for it. You might. You know, think something completely different to Paul and I, but yeah. it's not. It's not one of our favourites, is it? No. Now I was going to wonder where this is going to go um, at the beginning because I, I was thinking exactly the same thing as you. There were just too many things happening that didn't really seem to need to be there. And I was going to yeah. wonder whether you thought the same, and, and quite clearly we did because I, I, I think another podcast, Paul, where we've agreed with each other. <laughs> I know, and uh, yeah, I mean. Usually, the ones we agree on are the ones actually that we like. Um, it's rare of us to both be quite down on a on a story. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I was. And I don't. And I don't. No, I don't think we're down on it as such. Yeah. As I say, there were bits to enjoy. So that the whole thing between yeah. the Doctor and Davros, that the the, the 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 acting was really good in this as well, and and I say the. The characters were, were were interesting. I I just thought there was a couple of characters as we already said. Samson and Gemma, yeah, didn't need to be there really. It didn't really amount to anything other than being part of Davros's long game. Yeah, um, I don't know if Big Finish have returned to those characters to fill in the Doctor's missing memories. So there's, there's a whole bunch of stories we 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 don't know about um, for the no. Eighth Doctor. There, I don't know if they've returned to them. I, I mean, that, that'd uh, be something for RTD to get those into the 60s. So. Yeah, I know. That would be something. <laughs> and, actually, and actually, while while we're on the subject of, of, of Paul McGann, um, and RTD, if you're listening, I, I, I know you are. I know you are because, you, you you know, you listen to all the Doctor Who podcasts because you, you cherish every, all our opinions. Um, but come on, give Paul McGann a break. Get, yeah. get him in for somehow into the 60s. Come on. Because, you know, he, he's never got a fair crack of the whip. I know he had his little, little special in the 50th, but... Come on. Yeah. Give him his chance. There, I've said my piece. 
<laughs> I've said yeah, me please. It, it is always going to be the 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 uh, if only one, isn't he? He so. is. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know, if 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 the you know if people are you know to be believed, if, you know, they think that you know there's going to be rather multi doctor stories for the six, for the six. If we're going to get in the individual doctor stories for the 60th which i'm on board with completely yeah. um let one of them be paul mcgain yeah so there we are there we are so anyway um anything else to add paul no i think i think i'd just like to leave it there. yes <laughs> yes same here same here same here so uh okay so well it's not i say we, we, we don't like doing miserable podcasts do we? that wasn't miserable no. i don't think now go back to our early years we were miserable <laughs> talking about yeah. doctor who now there's good it's just it's just, it's just more pained it pains me to yeah exactly like. exactly because we, we've enjoyed the you know, majority of the big finish stories we've done yeah um yeah and it's the first in a long long time that we, we both haven't really enjoyed it that much no which is a shame it's a shame but uh anyway anyway that just about wraps it up from us then um next time when paul and i are back i suppose we'll, we'll be back to doing a a, a target and uh t- tv comparison or not comparison yes. j- just a, a general discussion really about the story now is it's not even a comparison anymore yeah. it's sort of evolved into just discussing a story um, so that's when we'll be, we'll be back. Uh, I'm assuming, I'm hoping in between uh, then, Scott will be back with me uh, to do another little commentary. Uh, and for those of you who have been sort of listening, those commentaries are actually going up onto our YouTube channel as well. So if you, if you just want to watch Scott and I just staring at a screen talking, that that's what we're doing now. Um, there's, there's no clips or anything because I'm just fed up trying to put sort of dropping in clips onto youtube channels and getting copyright notices it is an absolute pain it really is um i'm still trying to figure out paul how people get around it because they put lengthy clips up and don't get copyright strikes i don't know or, how they do or, it or, or, or as you mentioned graham garden too about me sending you links to that you just put a note saying this has been removed for copyright reasons yes <laughs> And you know what? I've got to go and try and. I, I did record the audio for uh, of that, Paul, so we can keep that for you know for for, for our listening yeah. pleasure. The interview part, but I've then got to go through and edit out all the film clips they did or or couldn't use. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Sorry, folks. You just listened into a private conversation there between <laughs> and our our Graham Garden fandom there. So, um, yeah. but but if you're a big Finnish listener, you'll know who Graham Garden is. I'll leave it at that, leave it at that. Anyway, so I think that just about wraps it up. So until next time then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. For the next half hour, why not sing something simple along with the Adam Singers, directed by Cliff Adams and accompanied by Jack Ember. Just join in with all these songs you love to sing. We'll sing something simple for you, something for you.